experts. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 106.1 FM in Durban North. Yeah, here yeah, and everywhere, just for you. And uh, right now, having a conversation uh, in our relationship desk, talking about mending those relations with your mom. Um, mothers are known. I mean, a relationship between mother and child is sometimes seen as a central importance in laying the foundation of uh, psychological development. And I don't think we put as much emphasis as we should on um, this particular part of uh, a child's development. And uh, joining us right now um, to just have help us uh, understand and conceptualize why it's so important to mend those relations um, uh, representing family and parenting or as a parenting and, and uh, family coach um, is uh, Stephanie Dawson Kosa. Um, good afternoon and welcome. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. Thanks, Christelda. It's good to connect with you. This is tragic. Um, that comes Mother's Day, and there's uh, information everywhere that you should be having, um, celebrating with your mom. And for some, it's not as obvious. It's not a joyous day. What leads to some of these broken relations between um, mother and, and, and child? Well, often it's about expectations mm. and unfulfilled promises. And um, you're right that these special days like Mother's Day, like Father's Day, uh, can be an excruciatingly painful day for both the child and the parent when mm-hmm. they're out of, um, the, you know, when the relationships are not close. And and the studies um, showing that up, up to 30% uh, of women will have an estranged relationship with their children at some point in their lives. 30% is a mm-hmm. huge percentage. Indeed, it is. And I think that it's important to understand where such um, reports are coming from because, of course, I mean, typically or generically, when little children and parents are in the same home, you know, the the tips are small. Mm. But the older the children get, the tips are bigger. Yeah, yeah. And And the consequences are bigger. So often a youngster will be... You know, upset in the in the uh, grocery store uh, because mum won't buy them sweets, and they'll throw a strop, um, they'll have a cry, they'll have a scream, they might even throw themselves on the floor. But five, ten minutes later, it's over. Mm. But obviously, when teenagers and older children um, ask for bigger things than sweets, you know, it's can they go to a party? Can they have this expensive? a branded item of clothing? Can they go on, um, you know, the matric uh, party um, holiday after matric is over? Mm. And for whatever reason, the parent says no. Or indeed, when they've said yes to something and then don't deliver on it, it's when promises are unfulfilled that the older child then actually embodies um, that experience and then has language by that stage to be able to try to fight back. Um, so it's often the, the cause of um, hurt. Um, yeah, and then unfortunately, if, 
if that is not addressed appropriately at the time, it would lead to, I mean, years later where you hear people saying 15 years later, I haven't spoken to my mom, which is just mm. tragic whilst they live. And unfortunately, trying to undo that when they are no more um, is, is often very difficult. So how do we then, where do we begin? In, and, and maybe let's start with the importance of uh, fostering positive um, relations with, with our moms. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, from from the par- from the child to the parent, it's um, I think that the lead actually has to come from the parent. Mm-hmm. You know, from we as parents, we are the leaders in our homes, and so our positive influence is to embark on giving very clear boundaries about being able to deliver on what we say we will do. And when we haven't been able to, or for whatever reason, to be able to turn around to our child and say, you know what, mommy got it wrong, Mm. and I'm really sorry. And that starts with the simplest of things, you know, like you promised to go and buy, um, make cakes for the cake sale at school, and you forget. And so um, you have to rush to the garage garage shop to go and make amends from whatever is available in the garage shop at night. But the point is we need to apologize to our children when we have stepped out of line, where we have wronged our child. And we are modeling how for our to our children how we expect them to behave towards us Mm. and their peers as well. And and if so Mm-hmm. If if these um, relations are, are are not mended, how does it impact on one as they become parents themselves? Well, ultimately, we are always walking around with a wound mm. where it may not be obvious in how we relate and how we uh, connect to people in the outside world. But we're always we are wired. We are hardwired in our brains. We want to be connected to our parents. And when the wounds run deep, when there has been serious hurt, then we it's like any other scar. We carry mm. it. And so um, being able to turn around as an adult and say, you know what? So to be able to turn while our parents are still alive and say, when you did this, it really hurt. Mm, mm. And I felt very disappointed that you didn't do whatever it was. So it really becomes key to being able to heal that relationship by owning our hurt and being able to say to our, our adults, as an adult, say to our parents, yeah. what you said or did hurt me. Stephanie, we to heal that relationship we're able to more easily mm. model to our children how we want them to do it, how they how we want to connect. Yeah. Uh, when we started the conversation, you indicated that as, as a mother, you the adult here, um, you yes. take the initiative, um, you try and reach out. Uh, in a case where you try and reach out and you get rejected, uh, what advice do you give uh, to a parents to never give up on their child? We have a saying um, in, in Kosa, and I'll translate it for you, um, that as in there's no rubbish bin for your child. Mm. So I think it's it's a case of 
that exact thing of never giving up, that we can always hope for an opportunity to heal the relationship. Mm. And certainly in my coaching practice, um, it's not uncommon for us to uncover a hurt that has never been healed and to work towards an adult child going to that parent and saying, this is what has really hurt me. And I want to forgive you for the hurt that I've experienced. So there's a how how we reconcile the pain. Mm-hmm. And if the parent has already passed away, then it's let go of the grudge and the resentment. And that is a process, but it is a choice ultimately to as we forgive our our the person who has hurt us. Yeah. We are also um bringing the healing within ourselves as we let go of that hurt. And there's also a challenge um, with parents of uh, finding it difficult uh, to talk about their challenges um, as as teenagers, their experiences, and hence um, their inability uh, at times to connect with uh, the responsibility that comes with parenthood. Absolutely. So again, it's about how do we set up um, we tend to parent the way we were parented mm. unless we learn in different sources, from different sources, different ways of communicating. And so being able to build, to be able to share our life stories with our children, to, the key thing in all of this is to be able to practice um, heartfelt listening to each other. Mm. And um, and not judge. To, you know, there's no right or wrong when we're telling a life story. Yeah. It is the person's truth who's telling their story. And I know that this is often fostered in a school space mm. and in youth groups and in uh, church, religious um, groups for children, for young adults, to be able to share part of their life story mm. in the building of relationships. Because it is through experiences that we learn. And uh, when we express what it is that we've learned, we, we're giving others um, the ability to just uh, make informed decisions. Let's take your calls right now, uh, 0891-104-207, and uh, your WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. And uh, also welcome uh, your tweets and uh, Facebook messages at SAFM Radio. And uh, SAFM Lifetime Live is our hashtag. And we also welcome your SMSs at 40938, charged at 150, as we have a conversation. This is our relationship desk. And uh, in our relationship desk uh, today, we're focusing on mending um, uh, that relationship between your mom and and, uh, the child. Call Chris Salda now, 0891-104-207. All right, uh, some of your messages. I've got a question, and uh, in case you just joined us and wondering, my guest on the line is uh, Stephanie Dawson Corsa, who is a family and parenting coach. Um, as we talk about uh, mending uh, those uh, parent-child relations, and by the way, when we say child, it doesn't only mean those uh, terrible twos. Uh, you will always be your parents' child, and uh, we it, it refers to you as well. Um, there's Tamsanga uh, on on 
on Twitter asking, uh, how, what is it that I even say to my mother, whom I haven't spoken to in 15 years, and whenever I call, all she's interested in is how much are you going to give me? Hmm. So that is very hurt. That will be very hurtful for her when she's calling in to say that. Um, I think sometimes, you know, we're only in control of ourselves as we reach out. Mm. And so we can only make the a connection with our greatest intention. Yeah. So if her mother is always just interested in the money, then she could even try to express how hurtful that is. Mm. And that before they talk about money, she would like to hear how her mother is, um, you know, how her health is, who she's with, etc. And so to have, a, it's also important for her to have a realistic expectation of what kind of conversation she can have with her mother um, it is a difficult situation when there's when um, we're not just accepted on such a kind of phone call. It is difficult. And and how does one? Uh, I mean, as you uh, proactively go out to just mend this relationship, and uh, how do you go about even setting the scene, the tone, uh, when for fifteen years we haven't seen each other, and all you can do mm. is just peach and 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 fight? Uh, how mm. does one get to a place, especially the one who yearns for this relation to be mended? Mm. So sometimes it is easier to reach out with a different way of connecting, for example, by letter or email, Mm. so that it is a written word, so that, for example, um, this person who uh, sent the the tweet message to you now could give expression to she would like to know how her mother is. That when she only is interested in the money that she might offer, um, that she finds that very hurtful whilst she might or might not be prepared to give her mo- or in a position. She may or may not be in a position to give her mother money. Mm. Um, but so that she can share a little bit of her information herself. But sometimes when the relationship is so broken down as she is inferring, um we have to also give ourselves realistic expectations yeah. and work with, and this is where coaching is a useful process or can be a useful process, to actually ask yourself, what, does it me- what would it mean if you were never able, how could you make peace with, it, with yourself if you were unable to build reconciliation with your mum? Mm. Because sometimes it's not about the, the child's approach. It's actually about the mother's approach in this case. And the mother may not even have the wherewithal to understand that the, her behavior is hurting her daughter. Yeah. There's also but sometimes an... we have, sometimes it's about making peace with her reality rather than hoping for something. It, it sounds like a contradiction in terms, but mm. sometimes. We've had so many hard knocks from the same person. We have to make peace with the fact that it may never be healed. 
We'll also take your voice notes on uh, WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. I've got an SMS here, Stephanie. Um, what do I do when my mother-in-law simply just does not uh, want me? Uh, I love her son, um, but I don't know what else to do to reach out. Um, she sent me a very hateful message uh, on Mother's Day when I was wishy- wishing her happy Mother's Day. Let's listen to some of the voice notes and then you respond to both. Uh, good afternoon, Griselda and your guest, Stephanie. I sometimes wonder whether parents forgot that they were also children and then during their uh, childhood they also face the same challenges that the children are facing now, that their children are facing, and that how they felt when their parents didn't deal with it effectively. Now, effective doesn't mean in, their, in, the, in the child's uh, favor, but effective in a way that keeps the dignity of the child intact as well as the parents. So I wonder sometimes parents forget that we were also children once. Yeah, there it goes. Uh, indeed, we were also children once, and uh, that's why it helps to always be the adult, be the bigger person. Stephanie? Absolutely. So, I mean, the, the, the circumstance that this gentleman phoned in, um, I think as an adult child, we can sometimes open up that conversation mm. and ask our parents to, you know, so tell me about when you were small and when you were a teenager and what were the challenges that you faced? Mm. Because sometimes in the telling of their own story, they start remembering. And and empathy can, can begin to flow between the elderly parent and the adult child. Um, and it is difficult because as we as parents become older and they and the adult children become the carer it can become even more difficult because the adult child is now parenting the elderly parent mm. um, and so this is the nature of how relationships shift over time so whilst there is still life in both and health in both it's really um, it's taking those moments or creating those moments as an adult child for those conversations. And sometimes it's easier to do it not around a special day like Mother's Day, mm. but at an alternative time of the year. Especially when people are just so um, uh, inundated and overwhelmed. Uh, it can be overwhelming for the individuals mm. um, to just mm. try and, and uh, mend uh, something that is yeah. just on your face like that. So mm. how, how do you, I mean, when a person is aggressive towards you, uh, I'm, I'm mm. looking at this message uh, from a, a daughter-in-law who says my yeah. uh, mother-in-law loves her son and I love him, I love him too, but gosh, mm. we just can't relate. Mm. So I think what's really important is that on, on such a day as Mother's Day, the, the, the daughter-in-law's husband needs to be able to greet his mother. Mm. When the, the what's critical when the mother-in-law and daughter-in-law relationship is has broken down in this way, um, that the daughter-in-law is clear about what she is prepared to put up with mm. and what she's not prepared to put up with, and explain that to her husband, and hopefully they can work as a team. The, at some point, hopefully this, the the husband would speak 
to his mother mm. and ask her to at least be respectful of his choice of wife. Uh-huh. And that he becomes the negotiator because he is the one that is in direct relationship with the mother-in-law and with the wife. Often what happens in the mother-in-law, daughter-in-law relationship is where the mother-in-law has not released the son. Yeah. To be, to be an independent man. Stephanie, you're raising Most a very important uh, point. We have to take the news headlines, and I'd like you to elaborate mm-hmm. that uh, on that uh, more, because, uh, you know, there are so many women who feel like I, I'm, st- I'm married to a child who got trapped and never, never grew up. And, and I think it's, it's important that we highlight that uh, for people who are experiencing um, these relational uh, dynamics. Here's the news ed- headlines with Uti Lesaku. Lifetime Live with Griselda Tutumashe. Thank you for staying with us as uh, we talk about uh, mending um, that broken relationship with a mom. And joining us uh, on the line is Stephanie Dawson Corsa, who is uh, a family and parenting coach. Now, Stephanie, before we took a, a, a news break, you were talking about a very important issue. I'm going to uh, welcome Velma just uh, in a short while um, to give us what help entails. Um, but I'd like you to just finish that thought. Mm. So I think the the key thing in our parenting role as we raise our children, we spend all our energy in the very early months and early years enabling our children to become independent. If Mm. you think we encourage them to sit, we encourage them to crawl, we encourage them to walk. And once once they're walking and upright, reliably on their feet, what do we do? We tell them, don't touch. Don't do this, don't mm, do that, etc., mm. etc. And it's as if we flip the coin around, and now, whereas we were only ever positive, we now are pouring in this negative, don't touch, don't explore, don't climb, don't do this. And that's coming from a place of fear of their safety, yeah. um, and uh, very often. But the reality is that in that don't do, we're also their ability to grow into independence. Mm. Our role as parents is to encourage children onwards and upwards into a role of becoming an independent um, adult who is able to be productive in life and, um, and generative in terms of relationships and community, etc. When we don't release them as as mothers, when we don't release them emotionally and still think of our adult child as my little boy, mm, mm. my little girl, we are infantilizing them. Mm. And so often what happens is we, we do not release them emotionally to go out and build relationships and to be free to mm. make independent choices. And that can play out in many ways, but in particular, once a son begin, uh, um, yeah. has a girlfriend and ultimately a wife, we are, the mother is still wanting to be his number one. And the reality is that in a marriage, his wife should become number That's one. That's it. He's a grown man it's, now. <laughs> Let's welcome yeah. Velma Talvet, who is uh, from FAMSA, and she's a counselor and a family mm. li- at a Family Life Center. Uh, Velma, good afternoon mm. and welcome. Thank you so much for taking our call. 
Oh, thank you so much for having me, Selda. What I does help entail? Sorry? Let, let's not uh, go back and begin the conversation because unfortunately time is not on our side. For those who are listening no, no. to this conversation I'm... and thinking, I actually need help. I need to fix my relationship with my mom. Um, you know, from uh, in terms of FAMSA as uh, custodians of restoring those family values, what does help entail? Um, I would so- strongly suggest people check on our website, uh, www.familylife.co.za, because we do run courses for parents in particular. Um, we know different phases and stages of the child's life, mm. because unfortunately the one thing that we don't have to study for or get a license is parenting. Mm. We just get married and we have children. Yeah. And then when we sit in with a lot of issues, and particularly when we ourselves haven't been parented very well mm. or been parented in a way that's, that's harmful, we carry that over to our kids. And I guess and so the cycle will, will continue. It, it feels like this, um, this is just part one of this conversation. We have to just <laughs> revisit and give um, tools because, you know, sometimes you don't even know that you were, uh, you, you were exposed to bad parenting until you become a parent yourself and uh, begin to question some of the decisions you make. What informs them? Because I, I, that's, that's so true, Griselda. You know, I mean, a lot of us grew up with children that are seen and not heard, mm. so we don't have a voice. And when and a child when stands up, you feel that, disrespected. Yes. You know, so when, when the kids start talking back, we, can't, we don't understand that dynamic. Mm. And we see it as being rude and, and you know, and then we, we want to punish. And then we can't understand when we don't have a good relationship with them. And how important is counseling, Velma? It's extremely important. We, we some, you know, we really, really... Uh, children in particular are struggling to make that, bridge that gap between themselves and parents. Mm. They often bl- blame themselves and it becomes an internal struggle. So counseling would, would be very valuable mm-hmm. in, in a situation like that, where even more importantly, if the parent has, has died and they cannot make that, you know, they can't talk to the parent because that parent is no longer there and they sit with, with, with that issue for the rest of their lives, really, and continually blame themselves for not maybe stepping up early and that kind of thing. uh, Counseling could be of a valuable service to them as well. Yeah. Uh, Let's get contact details um, on on where we can find uh, this help. I'll start start with you, Stephanie. Mm. So my website is www.workfamilymatters.com co.za all my other contact details are on the website mm-hmm. and I work with um, parents, individuals um, individual children and also family groups. Thank you thank you very much uh, for joining us and uh, that is Stephanie Johnson Corsa who is a family and parenting coach. Um, Velma your contact details? It's www.familylife.co.za and again details will be available on that website and then also just in case people aren't able to access that mm-hmm. it's 11 788 
Thank you. Thank you very much uh, for joining us and uh, giving us uh, that insight, Belma.